making some serious money. So at the end of Welcome back, guys, to The Young Startup. Today, we are filming episode 12 of The Young Startup, uh, and we have a special guest. Her name is Mandeep. Mandeep, thanks so much for joining Brian and I today for The Young Startup. Um, would love for you to do a little bit of an introduction for yourself, explain who you are, what you do, uh, and a little bit more of your story and your journey in the Amazon world. Um, Mandeep, she's, I've been following her on Instagram for a little while here, and she's a very unique approach to product research and how she actually launches products. So we're going to be doing a deep dive on that topic today, uh, as well as a lot of tips and tricks that she wants to share. So uh, Mandeep, if you can uh, take the floor here and uh, do a little bit of intro. Yeah, awesome. First of all, thanks for inviting me. Um, super excited uh, about this. I feel so cool being on another <laughs> podcast. Um, so my name is Mandeep Kaur. I am um, a bit older. I'm in my 40s. I've got three teenagers or two teens and a preteen married. Uh, I come from a corporate background. I'm in the lower mainland here, uh, kind of the Vancouver, BC. Yes, more Canadians. <laughs> There's so many Canadians from Vancouver who sell uh, on Amazon. It's amazing. Yeah. I know when I followed you guys on Instagram, I'm like, wow, there's so many of us. <laughs> uh, I, I think Vancouver's got a very entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so I was born and raised in Toronto. Um, don't hold that against me. Uh, but <laughs> I still do the leaps. I always still cheer for them. Um, and then, so, uh, let me backtrack a bit. Went to school in Ontario, got married. My husband is from here. And that was kind of the deal we made that, um, I was going to move here. Uh, so I moved here in 2003, had three kids. I was a stay at home mom for about eight or nine years, but, um, a stay at home mom can be very, um, it's a tough life. And I just felt like I had lost a bit of myself in that process. And I just didn't want to be a mom. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I wanted, there's that hunger inside. Right. So I did uh, a lot of great work with different organizations and training and development. My background is training and development uh, and HR. So I worked with the Canucks autism network, which was amazing. And then I did a lot of stuff with the Surrey school district, which was a great work-life balance. And then at the last position, I was working for an educational technology company, which I loved working for. We worked with all of the sports teams to help implement programs. But at a certain point, it got, it's an American company and I was the only employee in BC. And I felt like I hit my ceiling. Like I would either have to move to Washington, which I didn't want to do, or I had to kind of figure something else out. And when that happened six months prior, I was listening to like a side hustle podcast and they were talking about selling books on Amazon. <laughs> and I, that six months, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to buy textbooks and send them in. Like that's, I, I don't, I don't have time to do that. But then I just went six months forward when I had that kind of, you know, realization, I typed into YouTube, you know, how to sell on Amazon. And that just led me down this path and journey of, okay, I can actually do this, right? Like you get stuff from China and you send it into Amazon and they, they do all the picking and packing, which is great being Canadian. I don't want to, you know, deal with customs and, you know, uh, packaging of stuff. So the Amazon FBA model is the way I went. And uh, that was in 2019. And then I just managed to quit my job in November 
2020. Yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. Amazing. We actually do, um, we do sell books on Amazon as well. We have a little Kindle, a Kindle direct publishing. It's a, it's a unique, it's much different. One thing it's, and it's crazy to think because books were actually Amazon's first thing that they started selling back in before, Mm -hmm. I think it was before 2000s. And they're, they call it Kindle Direct Publishing. It's so underdeveloped, like their PPC dashboard. They still have a beta dashboard when it comes to sales and stuff like that. It's so underdeveloped compared to Seller Central. And it that kind of gives me the feeling that like, hey, Amazon FBA in terms of physical products is where they want to put their main focus, so to speak. But yeah. the beautiful thing about KDP is um, you, you spend 500 bucks to develop a book, you put it on there, you make your money back and you consistently get royalties on it on a consistent basis. Not nearly as much in terms of money, um, but it is a good, another little passive income stream. There's, there's so much power to internet. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard about KDP and I, I, I was like, Oh, that seems kind of interesting. Um, so it's good to see that it is actually successful and yeah. uh, makes a little, yeah. A couple hundred bucks every month. I'm happy yeah, yeah. USD coming in. I'm happy with oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Although the dollar's shopping right now. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, man. So- you bud- this is going to happen all the time. Brian and I talk <laughs> over each other all the time. He's probably going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to dive more into, uh, into Amazon as a whole. So you were attracted to the model because you're like, you know, I didn't have to touch anything, all of this kind of stuff. I'd love to know a little bit more about how you got into it. Um, like, what did you do to learn it? Because uh, again, I know you have a very unique approach. So I don't think anybody teaches it. I'm very curious on what got you started and um, was there a particular individual or did you take like a program or anything? Um, so I, you know, just a lot of YouTube videos um, and just kind of to try to understand, okay, how do I do this? I differentiated, I found my first product pretty fast. You know, it hit all the requirements. It was lightweight, I could airship it. Um, I was gonna change the color. I was gonna have nice packaging. I was gonna have an insert card. Like, I was like, okay, I got this, I can do it. There was a bit of cockiness, I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was, I was like, oh, I've done like other, you know, stuff, real estate, this, that, you know, stocks, bonds, I've done it. There was like this, that, and I quickly realized how, uh, Amazon works and I was very <laughs> deflated. Uh, mm-hmm. once my first product hit, it was like this balloon set and I was like, oh, I can differentiate this. Um, it was actually, um, something to do with gender reveals. Mm. That's very, I know it's really popular. Um, I was like, oh, I can do this. I'm just going to change the color and I'm going to add this and all that. And I quickly realized the oversaturation of that product and how I was just trying PPC and I just wasn't gaining traction. I was essentially paying Amazon to sell the product. And um, I then launched another kind of product in that same realm and same thing. It wasn't going anywhere. So I had a pit in my stomach. I was pretty upset. I was upset at myself. I was upset at, um, you know, like you feel like a failure, right? Yeah. 100%. yeah. Your, your ego gets to, you know, I'm, I'm those types. I'm like, oh, I can, if you work hard, good things will happen. I'm like, I'm working hard. How come <laughs> things aren't happening? Like what's going on here? Um, so I was definitely deflated, but you know what? I go this, like it works. I know yeah, this yeah. works. I, cause I would, you see it in Facebook groups or whatever people I'm like, 
people are making money. I just got to figure out kind of like Tetris or like Rubik's mm. cube, the, that little piece that I'm missing. I then understood, you know, just photography, all of that. I, I, I was like, okay, I'm putting the pieces together. It was a, an expensive lesson to say the least, but I still was working full time. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Then I discovered um, through Helium 10, they had a Tim Jordan does uh, did like a series called uh, Project X. And he talks a lot about Pinterest and Etsy. And that connected the dots for me because uh, three years prior, we built our own house here and I was in charge of the interior design. I didn't hire anybody. I was like, you know what? I want it. I don't want somebody else telling me what to do. I know what's best. And Pinterest is where I went and yeah yeah, like it it, like you know all the painters were like go on Pinterest go on Pinterest right so we did farmhouse farmhouse decor and that was like three four years ago when farmhouse decor was still new like I don't even like I, I obviously wasn't selling on Amazon at that time but I was like, oh, I want this, I want this. And all of the products were new. And now if you look at farmhouse decor, like the, it's such a big, big niche, but that started like three, four years ago when I designed my house. And I was like, Mm. that makes sense, right? Cause the Mm. one thing I, yeah, the one thing I would always look at is I would look at other people's products and I'd be like, how'd they come up with that idea? Like, that's such a cool idea, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. They went on Pinterest like I did, right? (laughs) And they came up with this idea, right? And so that really kind of was like, okay, this makes sense. So then that was uh, 2019 towards the end. Um, I got rid of the stock. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. It's a loss. It is what it is. And then um, I went on Etsy and I went on Pinterest and I honed down. So the customer demographic that I sell to is actually somewhat like me, you know, we're 35 to 45 year old moms. We have kids, we have, you know, champagne taste, but beer budget. Right. So, (laughs) right. Like we want to, we want to, we have, we love our kids. We want to give them everything, but we can't afford these expensive items that we're seeing on Instagram or Pinterest. Mm. So how can I DIY hack it? And, you know, moms love being that one where, you know, you, you host an event and they're like, oh my God, where did you get that from? Or where'd you get that decor? Oh, I made it, I got it myself or I put it together myself. Right. We love that. that. We love that. Um, That's our, like, that's our, that's a a top secret women have. Right. Um, (laughs) Especially moms. So when I then started realizing, Hey, I actually have a lot of knowledge myself. I've, I, with my kids, we've gone through the baby stage, the toddler stage, you know, the school age, and now teenager stage. I actually have a lot of knowledge about products that, you know, moms buy for their kids. So why don't I take all that experience? Like, and it's hard to like write down. It's just in there, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I was doing a product experience. research. Call. Yeah. I was doing a product research call with somebody and they were like, looking at it and he's like oh I don't have kids I don't get it I'm like I just get it like no that yeah, doesn't yeah. Go there. that doesn't go there so <laughs> then um that was towards the end of 20 or early 2020 and I got one last product I go okay this is it if this doesn't work I'm back to my job or I'm gonna figure something else out like th- like this should work and as soon as my product arrived COVID hits 
right? Oh, nice. <laughs> and and my niche, a lot of people don't buy when there's restrictions, like simply put, you know, event gathering, stuff like that. Nobody's having that. Yeah. And I sat there and I'm like, oh, like really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. So I didn't even turn PPC on. I myself was, you know, with the kids being home and me myself, like trying to wrap my head around COVID, my product sat there for like a month and I did nothing with it. I missed the honeymoon stage because there was just other things going on in my headspace. And then I started looking at the kind of the BSR of, of in my niche and I saw, oh, they're getting some sales. Okay. All right. I'm going to turn PPC on. And I spent hours like learning PPC because that was the only element that was missing, right? Mm -hmm, For mm -hmm. me, my product was differentiated enough. You know, I was at a good price point, et cetera. Um, And then, yeah, the first day I turned PPC on, somebody bought four units. And I remember I was out (laughs) for a walk with my kids and I'm hitting refresh, refresh. (laughs) Oh my God, somebody bought like four units. And my kids are like, okay, mom. I'm like, you don't get it. You guys don't get it. I cracked the code. <laughs> this is it. Like the Da Vinci code. This is it. This was the only element I was missing. And it was the product research part of it. Yep. So a lot, and obviously that's now, you know, uh, transformed quite a bit. Um, so obviously I use Etsy and Pinterest a lot. I use Instagram a lot. Interesting. Um, I, yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I did a couple of YouTube, I started YouTube, but I didn't continue with it just because I realized how time consuming it was and, yeah. uh, right. It is very time. consuming. <laughs> um, and I, that's why I like Instagram because I can do a story and not have to like edit. Like I, it was just easier anyways. So I follow, I have, um, uh, on those YouTube videos, I actually put in there, like, you know, create like a dummy Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Um, and then follow like a niche, you know, and really, and, and it's so I find with people, they really struggle with product research. That's the biggest hurdle, right? 100%. 100%. I agree. If you, if you nail your product, you can still get away with crappy photos because it'll sell itself. Not that you should have crappy photos, but like, I, like I see it, if your product's differentiated enough and you're speaking to that customer and solving their problem, it will sell. So, um, you know, creating a dummy Instagram account following. So for me, if I had a dog, for example, I don't have any pets, so I would never sell in the pet category. Cause I don't, I, I don't know it. Like, yeah, I'm sure I can spend a lot of time understanding it, but there's so many other product opportunities that I feel like I could just do better at. But if you have like a pet, go follow all these pet, you know, Instagram influencers, mm-hmm. What are the products that are they talking about? Because if you if you think of it, influencers are there to influence consumer decisions, right? Yep. And so when you click the link in their <laughs> bio and you realize it's taking you to a Shopify, you know, site that the product's selling for thirty nine ninety nine, and you have to pay ten dollars for shipping, you're going to go onto Amazon and go, hey is this same product, you know, a comparable item available on Amazon? And that to me has been gold for me. Um, you know, mm. following people who heavily influence products, you know, moms and the products that they need, um, it has just really just opened up. They do a lot of my legwork, right? Yeah. So the validation. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, 
they because they they keep talking they're they're just influencing the purchasing decisions so you have a really good indication of you know even the colors and and the you know the types not only the type of product but the color scheme the design element so that's been very very key and now i've discovered a lot of tiktok are you guys yeah. on, are you guys on tiktok we, we were on tiktok for a little bit we kind of gave up on it but we have tiktok influencers that we actually rely on to promote our products and it works extremely well oh interesting yeah you might have um, seen one of ours maybe <laughs> yeah maybe yeah you know 37 things you need to buy off amazon right yeah, yeah there's I, a lot of these amazon hauls Amazon hauls. So I, I actually follow those type of accounts on TikTok also, and I will take a look at what they're promoting, you know? So if they're promoting, say, I don't know, this cool water bottle. So this is my daughter's water bottle. Okay. So they, this is the new design, right? It's this type of water bottle. How can I repurpose this? Cause this is made in China standard, but how can I add a design element for a particular niche? right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to sell just a plain water bottle, but I noticed now this design is sleeker. Well, let's see what's going on for, um, you know, I I don't even know if this is a key word, but like, you know, hockey player accessories. What water bottle is there? Is it an older design? Is the algorithm putting a product there? Here's another thing. If the, if you type in say hockey accessories, and a plain water bottle appears. My, this is not based on anything. This is just the way I would interpret it as somebody who, if I was designing the algorithm, if you're seeing a plain one there, that means Amazon says, or has you know followed the customer and realized that this person's buying these water bottles. So why don't I go in and this is my second selling, uh, best-selling product. It's the same thing. They had a plain version on the main keyword and I just came in with the design on it and I kind of shooed them away, you know, and you, you look at this plain water bottle and then you put, I don't know, a hockey design on it. And if you look at their sales and you go, okay, well, based on their keywords, I'm going to estimate, you know, of the hundred that they sell, maybe they're selling 10 to hockey players. Cause obviously they're selling enough that the algorithm's putting it there. What if I add a hockey design and steal that part of sales from them? So, so that's, yeah, that's, I don't know if that's true, but if I went, you know, if I went to MIT and I was creating the algorithm, I would do that. I would be like, this makes sense following. And I see it over and over on keywords, a plain product for a keyword that that's Amazon following the customer and putting things in front of them. So why not go in there and customize it? So I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if that's true, but based on the things I've done, it seems pretty true and it seems legit. And that's why I always think not only as an Amazon seller, cause that's what us Amazon sellers do, but I think like the Amazon business owner or the Amazon, mm-hmm. like Bezos, what would Bezos say? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Who's yeah. designing this element? You know, this, this makes sense. Um, so going back to TikTok, also, um, so I'll look into this product and see if I can repurpose it. They'll say, you know, 37 things you need to buy off Amazon. I'll take a look to see, are any of these products repurposeful for a different niche? Then I'll go on to Amazon and see if I can kind of match that up. But also with TikTok, I find there's a lot of um, entrepreneurs who sell their products via TikTok. 
Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen, they have a higher rate of selling the product. TikTok's a very different community than Instagram. Yeah, very. Right? Like TikTok's real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it's Instagram- like an un- untapped algorithm algorithm right now. It's crazy. Like we had we it's weird because we've tested a lot of influencers on Instagram and we've had a couple people work, that have worked out really really well, but on TikTok we found this one guy that he, he does these Amazon hauls, but he does product by product and he actually loves, we're in home improvement. So he loves home improvement products. He's posted three of our products and every single time he posts, like it's, are we still get sales? It's still going up in views. Um, he's shown us our Amazon, his Amazon affiliates account and it's still pumping Yeah. because the good thing about TikTok is that you know, with Instagram, you know, 24 hours later, that post is almost in the wash unless you check someone's profile. But with TikTok, it can be shown at any time, at any week, at any month. I still see posts from like months ago um, and it's still going viral. It's, it's just crazy. And when it goes viral, you can just see like we've, we had like a, it was like a $4,000 day on one of the products that he posted. And wow. it, like that product does like, it's one of our lower volume products. It does like seven to 10 units a day. And I think it did like like quintuple that or fifth, almost yeah, was, 50, something like that. It was insane. Yeah. It was just over 40 <laughs> that one specific day. And it's a low volume keyword. Like the main keyword is literally like under 2000 search volumes to get that much sales was phenomenal to say the least. And the fact that it still gives us juice is, and it was a free partnership as well. So if you're interested, we can definitely put you in contact with this guy. He's awesome. <laughs> I actually, pro- I think I know this guy. He does one tick. He, he's n- things you might need on Amazon or something. That's right? him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I love it. I, see I scroll till two in the morning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. Um, I love it. I love it. Okay, the comedy great. element on TikTok too is just hilarious, but that's a whole different conversation <laughs> to have. Yeah. But yeah, so I feel like with Instagram. And this is what a lot of TikTok uh, e-commerce people talk about is that, you know, you'll post on Instagram and you won't get that same traction. Whereas TikTok, it's I'm going to support your small business. I'm going to look. So I follow a lot of people who sell, you know, on TikTok and I look in their stores and see what they're selling, like what's trending, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll look and see. And I actually found a product. Um, It was, uh, this was a girl I think about six months or three months ago, or or I would say she was, she sells vegan, um, vegan goods. And um, so very, you know, expensive uh, item. And I went into her store to see, and I saw a product in there and I'm like, oh, I know I can sell this niche. Right. And obviously I'm not going to sell a vegan version. And I literally typed in a couple of keywords on Alibaba and found a comparable product that I can redesign um, for my niche. And I just got the, the samples are just with my freight forwarder, like the sample of the final product. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a good product. And nobody's selling it. Like people are selling it by itself, but not Mm -hmm. repurposed. So Mm -hmm. once again, I knew who, I know my customer demographic, I knew who would buy it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. And I found that off TikTok because she had her store on there. That's crazy. Yeah. I love that approach. I mean, you've, you've chatted around target demographic quite a few times here. So you're literally specifically just finding products that fall within the specific target market that you want. That's it. You won't go anything out of that. 
Yeah. Like, like I said, I don't have pets, so I have actually found a pet product and for fun, I was like, Oh, I wonder if I should try this. And then I was like, ah, I don't feel confident doing it. I sell a lot, uh, to younger women now, like uh, women who are, you know, 25 to 35 ish. And then I sell a lot to married moms, you know, um, that are looking for items like decor Mm -hmm. items or stuff for their kitchen or, you know, having that personalization effect. Um, we, we, we love that. Right. Yeah, Totally. It it makes our product special. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. No, I I, I love what you're doing. I think, uh, like the, the repurposing aspect of it and, taking a product that's selling and then taking a small par- a part of the pie. Like I'm, I'm a big believer of like, why compete with the top dogs and take all of the traffic, just go with and take small chunks here, there, here, there. Like our philosophy is I, I rather have five products that do $5,000 a month instead of one that does 25,000 diversification, less risk. Uh, you don't have to spend a crap ton to be competitive in terms of PPC. You don't always have to be re-ranking that product. There's so many different intricate details to it, but, um, I love that. I love how, how you go about that mindset and just being like, you know what, let me just take that one piece of the audience that I'm really trying to hone in on. Yeah. That goes along. And, and exactly because I can't compete with pockets like that. And think of it, if you follow that, find a product that's selling, you know, 50 units a day, you have to have really deep po- uh, pockets. pockets to get there. Yeah. And then you're not thinking about PPC and you got to remember from the time you find the product to the time you launch, you you're looking at three to six months, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many other players are going to enter that game? Right. hundred percent. And I, you know, I always, my biggest, my biggest issues, I run out of stock on a product. I'm not worried because I have other that others that are generating me good income. So, you know, nobody's going to get in there because they're like, Oh, this is boring. Or she already took, she already took that market. Like there, you can't compete with it. Right. And by yeah, then I've yeah, already yeah. got X amount of reviews and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, they, it, it's not the, the downside is, is it's not proven. Right. Mm-hmm. So you never know how many to order. You're kind of like, Oh, should I, you know, I always, <laughs> I'm that, that part of me that had a shitty product is still here. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> never leaves. Yeah. So I'm always scared. I'm like, oh, and my last product, I did a seasonal product and I had to order 500 and it was like, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But I did it and it worked out really well. Um, But there's still that element of fear that is still in there, but I always go, okay, well, what's the worst case scenario? I can sell it at cost, right? But if you have all the other elements of amazing photography, you know, A plus content, a video, the reviews, obviously you don't have. And if you're speaking to that customer, like knock on wood, everything's been going well uh, so far where I haven't really had to let go of a product. You know, I have some products that maybe sell uh, the expected niche didn't, it's not going as fast as I want it to. So I'd rather use my money maybe somewhere else. And I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to continue with this product. You know, the margins are good, but they're just smaller. I'd rather use that money for now. Yeah. Like now I'm hit, I'm going to like bigger ticketed items, um, using all of this knowledge and going, okay, now I'm going to sell products that are 50, 60, $70. Right. Yeah. That's where the margin is. 
Yeah, that's- exactly. You have more. You have more margin to work with from a from a PPC standpoint, right? So your your clicks won't necessarily cut into your margin that much. And we definitely want to take that approach as well. A lot of our products are under the thirty dollars mark right now, actually. Um, but we we definitely see a lot more opportunity in doing that. And a lot of people that we've been talking to um, say exactly that as well. I'm curious about your because you talk about PPC. Is that how you essentially launch your products? Do you anything else? Just PPC? Just PPC. Um, I tried doing some sort of like Facebook, this is with my crappy product. I was doing like Facebook, um, rebates and stuff and Facebook banned my account for 24 hours. And I was just like, this doesn't screw this. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, I know, I know other people do it. I'm not knocking anybody who does it, you know, to each their own, but there, I feel like there's so many keywords and by giving Amazon that history and data, um, it, or, or creating that history and data, if I'm out of stock, like I have that, that kind of rapport I've built of, okay, I can just turn this PPC campaign on and it'll get me back. I feel like artificially, um, you know, inflating numbers can be difficult. And let's be real. Amazon's not going to tell you, like, you know, people will say, yeah, search, find, bind is great. And then I think Amazon's getting a lot of pressure from, you know, the trade commission saying you can't do these fake reviews, for example, which they stopped, you know, all these fake reviews, maybe they'll one day hammer on them and say, okay, you need to stop with this external traffic. Like, I don't know. Right. I don't know what strategic direction they're heading in. So I'm going to go with what I know. And this is my livelihood. I don't want to risk it at any point. Um, you know, I have a lot of money in inventory. I, I like to follow the book. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and Play if you learn, yeah. And if you have a good product, PPC is not that bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Right. I think if you, if you're in a competitive niche and you have, um, not the greatest product and you're one of many, you know, a me too product, PPC is going to be expensive. Exactly. So, you need a way to stand out. Otherwise yeah, conversions competitive. get impacted. Yeah. Yeah. So How do, you- do you guys sell off of Amazon too? We have a, we have a direct website. Yeah. That, that we run a lot of our influencer engagement actually goes to our website as opposed to Amazon. Um, just because we can mark up higher on our website, of course, we're not competing against anyone at that point. We've tried to run digital ads in the past, um, but didn't see a ton of success Our we do a lot better on Amazon and we quickly realized that. And we put our emphasis into Amazon for sure for this brand specifically. Yeah. yeah. The conversion rate, right? Like on Amazon. there's just so much traffic right yeah some shopify influencers and they're like their conversion is one to three percent i'm like three percent is like is really good for industry because you can get so many like landing page views whereas amazon like on average our products do anywhere from like a 25 to a 32 percent conversion rate which is just incredible right because the way that i always distinguish it and people probably heard this like a hundred times in every episode but Amazon's an intent-based market. People have the intention of purchasing the product. Whereas if you're driving cold traffic, you have to sell that person through usually an emotional bond or a tie of some sort. And that's done through your, your copy for your actual ad. But I've been targeted by ads and purchase just be like, oh my God, like I need this. They're solving my issue. But with Amazon, it's all about like, I'm going after this specific market targeting these specific keywords. So as long as you have a way to be like, you know what, I'm I'm scrolling through, I'm scrolling through. Oh, this person's listing looks a hundred times better than everybody else's, or this person's product looks very, very different. And that's why it's so important to have a differentiation point so that you can really stand out amongst competition. Yeah. That's key. 
key. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and just to confirm, Mandeep, you take a full-on private label approach, right? So you're doing your packaging design, you're doing your inserts, you're developing infographics, you have a brand name behind everything? Yeah, I do everything. Like, let's, I don't know. Let's chat around that, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think it's... Testing. No, I, I think it's so important. We teach all of our students that. I think it's so, so important. And, and we're also thinking long-term. I think if you establish a brand on the front end and you're doing a good job, you're doing a great job honing into your target market. If you were to ever exit out of your brand, it is 10 times more acquirable because that's what people look at. You're, you're truly building an asset here. You need to f- define all those different things. And I think it's super important. Um, What's your approach in regards to doing that? Is it more informational based? Is it just like a nice design work? I do. So I use Canva a lot. I'm a very visual person. So when I find this product, like, you know, water bottles for hockey players, um, anybody listening, I don't know if that's a keyword. It's not something I would sell. (laughs) Do your due diligence. Um, So what I would do is take all the information I have seen, you know, uh, influencers, you know, posting, and then I do like a visual board on Canva where I'll put a mock-up of the photo. I will either design my own font, create, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, that you could purchase fonts on Mm defont.com. And, you know, I look at keywords, I create this whole visual aspect. And I think this is where I'm, you know, doing well on it because it's really hard. So I have a male photographer and a male, um, like he does all my design work. It's really hard for me to communicate to them without visuals because the male Mm. brain is very different than the female brain. Right. So I'm working on a box design with my designer and he's just not getting it. Like, you know, I'm like, no, it has to like, you got to So I'm at a point now where I design the whole box myself. Right. I have a, a box designer who sends me a template and then I pick and choose the colors, the font, where I want things. And then I send it to him saying, cause I don't have Adobe here, make it like this, right? Because then I have full creative control. Yeah, and amazing. because that just enhances the customer experience. Now, one little other hack is I find sometimes um, suppliers will not give you a custom design box unless you're gonna order like a thousand units. So what I do is I find a box designer, like, you know, a box company on Alibaba, and I will just buy, you know, whatever, 500 boxes, I'll create the box and then send it to the, you know, the supplier and say, okay, I only need 300 units, right? I don't want to buy 500. I don't want to buy a thousand. And their minimum order quantity is 300, but I'll print out 500 boxes because they're so cheap. And if the product doesn't do well, I'm okay with, you know, yeah, it's so minimal, but I don't want to let go of this opportunity, right? The opportunity cost. Okay. I might be out a couple hundred bucks, not even on these boxes. They're like 50 cents, right? 75 cents, whatever they are, but it'll allow me to test out this product with just Mm. 300 units. And, you know, then maybe the second go around, I will, you know, up the box design a bit more and see what's working, what's not working. So that's been to me also really, really um, good because women love that customer. Like guys, like I shop for my husband. He doesn't care. As long as it fits, right? Yeah. Oh, it fits? It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. We like that. Oh, like, you know, I have a special note on this and that. Um, you know, my, my insert card has like my customer email address in there now. 
Um, I don't do any like many chat or anything. Um, it's been something I've been contemplating doing just because getting those first couple of reviews can be really hard in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I had been using Vine and I don't know what it is. This it, It's always been good, but the, fa- the last two products I used Vine with, like she, you know, this, she's like, oh, the, this product was great, you know, excellent packaging, blah, blah, blah. But she gave me four stars. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that happens all the time. I hate, I that. hate that. What? What <laughs> did you, did you want me to come hand deliver it? For <laughs> <laughs> and then something clicked and I went, you know what? And because it says, you know, this person received this product for free. Mm-hmm. And then I put my customer hat on. I don't, I don't, this is just new, you know, thought process for me. I don't want to use Vine anymore now because I think that cheapens it. And, and one, they almost have to give four stars to say, oh, well, you're not going to buy our five-star review. And two, as a customer, when I read this person was given this product for free as a customer, I'd be like, "Mm." a little pissed off. Yeah. Not you all not really pissed off, but you lose your credibility. Right. True, it's like, yeah, yeah. very true. It's, it's like going to Costco and getting a sample. You're obviously <laughs> going to shake your head and say, oh, yeah, that was really good. Right. Because it was free. <laughs> right. But, you know, are you, are you going to convince somebody else to buy that product? I don't know. Right. That's so, so true. That, that's just that's something really I've now kind of realized with. Um, obviously, your conversions are better once you have that initial review. Yeah. That's right. And yeah that usually helps. But I think after a hundred units, you tend to get one rating or hopefully one review, and then you can slowly increase your price as the listing over time gets optimized. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Let's, let's chat around. We were, we were just chatting around testing. So you, you order X amount of units for a test batch. Um, what's your approach there? How much units do you usually decide? Is it based off of like MOQ with the supplier um, or are you basing it off of? Cause what it sounds like overall is you're trying to find and relying on data based off of a keyword within a niche and you repurpose it for a new niche. So you kind of have the data there, but you're also kind of taking a shot in the dark, targeting a whole new uh, niche essentially. So what's your approach there in terms of testing the actual product itself? And I know you said you use PPC to rank that. Um, Another question I have to go off of that is, do ranks like your organic ranks, um, do they go up during that PPC launch as well? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I would do, so if we go back to the water bottle for hockey players, right. And if I look at the data and I go, okay, well, I'm going to reverse ACE and and see, okay, they, they have five keywords that generate, you know, a hundred thousand search volume each, their top five keywords, because that's where they get most of their sales from. So if they're selling a hundred a day, and each one, this is obviously in a perfect, perfect world. Each one is a hundred thousand. I'm going to say, you know what? 20 units per day is roughly spread over each one of those top five keywords. Okay. So 20 key, 20 units a day. Okay. Let me see based on that main keyword, what other keywords could I rank for? Right. And some of the, maybe that first one is, you know, uh, water bottles for hockey or hockey player accessories, but let's take a deeper dive and try to add up to see how many words, cause you do, you don't just want one main keyword. That's not going to get you enough sales. You need I agree. longer tail, you know, a couple of 2000 and, and check there to see what else is selling. You might see that there is already 
um, a, a hockey, a water bottle for hockey players, like exact, but they maybe don't know how to do PPC and rank it for a different keyword, right? So can yeah, I yeah. win on that? So I'll take a look at their brand and see what other things, oh, well, based on this, this guy ha- guy or girl doesn't know what they're doing or they might, you know, it's just not connecting here. So maybe I will come in with a better design and I will smash them on PPC because they're not, they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an opportunity. And then always go with minimum order quantity. You know, I, because there's not that real concrete data to tell me, okay, this is how many need, I'm, a lot of it's like, yeah. okay, you know, and so yeah. I always start with two, 300 units and that's okay. And the, because I'm doing this approach, I got to do what I'm comfortable with. Right. Yeah. And at, at the end of the day, if I say, okay, I know I can sell this, you know, adding this custom design is going to cost me 50 more cents. Right. At the end of the day. Crap. I'm here. Man, deep so, you froze. I don't, oh, you froze oh. there. You froze, you froze there for a second. Yeah. We, we could, we lost you at end of the day. Is that our Wi-Fi? I don't know. Okay. Okay, yeah. you're back. You're good. We're back. Okay. So I always go back to the minimum two, three hundred. Um, and I always say, if worse comes to worse, can I get rid of this at cost? Right. I actually have a local photographer I use. Um, he's an out of work wedding photographer (laughs) (laughs) that I found on, you know, that's another tip. You'd be surprised to know how many photographers are out there. I think photography is key. You have to have great photos, but I've worked with him. He's has, you know, his own studio. He has all the elements. I've now trained him that this is the you know, when I create my Canva design with the photos, I'm like, I need this angle, this angle, this angle. And he does a phenomenal job. And then I have somebody else who I then send to edit. Um, that just allows me, you know, I'm only spending a couple of hundred dollars on photos um, because, but I, the quality is amazing. I'm not having to spend 1500, 2000, cause I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to put that amount of money in because I haven't proven that this product sells. Right. Yeah, and it's yeah, am- amazing what you can do with like, um, editing and Photoshop, like, Oh yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Photo information. <laughs> we might have a lot of business for that photographer. That's out of work. He might be a full-time Amazon product photographer soon enough. <laughs> well, you, you can find them on Craigslist too. Um, does, uh, you know, and I, this whole idea of, okay, you have to spend $2,000 on photos. It's like, Oh, that's a lot of money. I can't test out a product if I've invested that amount of money in. Right. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. So one product that, uh, has been selling well, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to revamp the photos. So I'll spend, you know, maybe a hundred dollars more and just revamp them more for 2021 style. And I'm okay with that because photos can get stale too, right? So absolutely, he gives me Super all the raw important. images. Yeah, he gives me the raw images and I can then play around uh, with it, especially during the pandemic when I was trying to repurpose the products and make it that, oh, you know, if you click gift, you can send it directly to the person and not have to, you know, people weren't mm-hmm. meeting in person. So that's really helped. Yeah. 
So just to confirm, like your, your testing strategy essentially sounds like, Hey, let me identify what my, my keywords that I want to rank for and put emphasis towards. And you're trying to identify and assume how many units per day are those top competitors selling for those specific keywords. And you base your unit order off of that. Um, cool. I like that. I really like that a lot. I think it's super important, especially when you're going ahead to test a product. Exactly. Like you said, don't spend a ton of money on the front end, but as soon as it works, you optimize. So yeah. Next question for me is, let's say that product does phenomenal. You run out of stock sooner than later. What's your approach in terms of now running out of stock and re reproducing? And then what's your relaunch strategy there? What does that look like? And, and, and the reason I want to bring this up is because a lot of people think like, hey, as soon as you go out of stock, um, you now for screw sure. up your, enti your entire rank <laughs> ranking system. Yeah, right. We, we've never really had that issue. We've always just turned off our listing. We've made it inactive. We pop everything back on and we're pretty much in the same rank almost every single time. Yeah. So I do a lot of like help with sometimes people reach out and I do calls with PPC and people a lot of times think PPC is the issue. And it's like, no, it's not PPC. It's your product. Right. Because when you look at it from a customer standpoint, if, if, if there's 10 of these on the same page, people are just going to click around right? Like that's what mm. I do. I go on Amazon, I click around. I, I try not to click sponsored ads, ads now. Like don't click <laughs> sponsored ads, <laughs> right? I feel so bad. I'm like, don't do it. Um, yeah. So ranking can be a problem. Now I've had a, I've, I run out of stock. That's, you know, that's my issue, especially now with the delay, uh, you know, with uh, uh, shipments and, you know, that's a part of the reality now when I come back in stock, I turn PPC back on. And because I have that non, you know, fake inflated number, and I know which campaigns to turn on because over time they, you know, had a very low ACOS, I'm back in stock. And remember, nobody else is selling this product. I'm the only option for that keyword. So it's, it's very easy to, um, uh, to, to get back on in front of customers um, because, and Amazon, remember they go by history. And they're like, oh, hey, exactly. back in stock. I remember you. Let's go. Right. Like they they're in there to make money. And how do they make money is through their commission. So they're going to push me forward, too, um, because they want to make the commission off of that. Yeah, ex exactly. I actually had this conversation with a student because she had run into stock and uh, another one of her mentors had mentioned like, no, no, like just slow down PPC, drop your, like uh, increase your price. And I'm just like, no, you don't do that because you need to create a very steady sales history. And the most, the best way, cause we've tested both. Right. And what we always do is we run out naturally. We don't slow down anything. We don't change price. We don't do anything. Cause as soon as we close that listing, right. We now tell Amazon like, Hey, I'm out of stock, yeah. right. You're communicating with them. You're like, I'm out of stock even if it's a month later and we've ran out of stock for one of our products for a month and a half, we turned it back. We did that same thing a month and a half later, we turned it back on and it was just like, boom, we were down like a couple positions, but it was because like Amazon's like, Hey, he's back in stock. Let me give him the benefit of the doubt, turn everything back on. And, and we were flowing. We were ready to go. So um, I think a lot of people get screwed over with that. And that's when people think like running out of stocks a nightmare because they create a negative sales history and Amazon penalizes for that. I think, you know, that's very before our time. I don't know when, what year did you guys start? 2019 as well. Okay. Yeah. So we're like the new gen of it, gen X or gen, <laughs> whatever, because there's a lot of that old information that I don't think is relevant anymore. 
right? Exactly. It's always, I actually, when I'm running out of stock, if I have 20 units left, I increase my PPC. Love it. Wow. Yeah. So I do that for two reasons. One under 20, you got that red, you know, that red sign that says, Oh my God, you only quick order. She's 20 only years 20 left. left. Right. And two, I, I want, I want to go out with a bang. I mm. want to, because I, and I don't know this because obviously Amazon's not going to give us their proprietary data on how they create the algorithm, but how much do they weigh organic sales versus PPC sales? I think they weigh organic sales just a little bit more. So if I increase my ad spend, they're going to give me more juice, right? That exactly. ad spend's only going to cost me maybe five or $10 <laughs> a day, but I go out harder and then they know that when I come back, like you said, when you come back in stock, they're like, oh my God, you're back. Thank God. Cause this is yeah. what I've had to deal with all these other shit products that people are not <laughs> wanting to buy. And you know what? Being out of stock isn't a bad thing either because that allows a little bit of a break and some reviews to come in. So mm. true. I, yeah. I never even thought of that. It's true. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. And I had that with my seasonal product that I launched. I had 200 units come in. I was out of stock. And then by the time I was pulling it out of the 3PL, you know, that there was a time delay of a couple of weeks and, you know, FC processing fulfillment that takes a couple of weeks. And I turned my listing back on. I'm like, Oh, I've got two reviews. That's actually a good strategy. And that that's one thing I was thinking of. I have a, a product I want to launch in Q4 and I'm thinking of air shipping 50 units and then 200, you know, right at the same time, sea shipping, and then delaying two weeks to mm. allow for the reviews to come in um, and have that kind of slow and steady sales. I don't, I don't know if that's a right <laughs> answer, but I'm willing to try. And I it's think- It's all about testing. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is testing. And you know, it's funny with BPC, a lot of people talk about product targeting ads, I don't know why my products, I've done product targeting ads for all of them and they perform crappy. I don't mm -hmm. know why I have a good product, right? It's, but it, Well, the reason why, and I talk, I talk about uh, product targeting ads very strategically because when it comes to product targeting ads, you're, you're no longer competing for a keyword. You're competing against a competitor. You're trying to take traffic from them. Mm -hmm. And if your product, so for example, you talk, you're very niche with your products. You're targeting a very specific customer. So your product might look like, wow, this is like awesome. Somebody might click it, right? But if they're not the right target audience, it's going to ultimately impact that, that spend and, and, and decrease conversions. So like when I talk about product targeting, I talk about like, okay, you need to, you need to, have, a, you need to have a plan of attack, right? So I, I call it the scroll method, which is basically where I go, I, I, I make a list of my main top five main keywords. I get all of the ASINs and then I have like five different indicators. Are they a lower price than me? Are they a lower rating than me? Are they a crappier product than mine? And I have specific product targeting campaigns for those different types of uh, differentiation. So for example, if my listing, one of our listings is 2,100 reviews, when new people come into the market, we have a, a rolling product targeting campaign that's set up to target only new sellers. Mm. And what's good about that is that as a new seller, everybody's doing something to launch. They're getting more aggressive. They have zero reviews. I have 2,100. That's easy traffic to take. Yeah. And a good way to do that is looking at new releases because new releases are the people that get flagged as the people that are pumping a lot of sales. Yeah. And it could be through rebates, but 
uh, everybody knows about the honeymoon period and, and ten, you tend to see a lot of new listings pop on, on page one and they will get organic purchases. And if you can show up dominantly on those particular listings and you can very easily take traffic, but you need to have a motive, that motive yeah. being like, it's got to be a better price. I got to have more reviews with them. Otherwise that product target might not work, which is why I'm a big believer of testing. And if it doesn't work, if I get eight clicks and no purchases, I just turn it off. Yeah. Because that that product in this particular time just doesn't make sense for me to target for X, Y, Z reason. Yeah. So. I, I, I just lower the bid too. So if, yeah, even if it's too. costing me 20 cents, you know what? I'm okay with it. I might be able to take a sale here or there. Um, but I, I love being like, I love product collection ads. Um, so I try sticking in the same niche. That really helps, you know, on the top mm. bar, there's that product collection ad. That way I can, you know, if I'm following the customer on their journey, I can have, you know, kind of all three products that are within the same niche. That's why I think sticking with a niche is really, really good. And just the yeah, synergies between, you know, suppliers, it's just easier, right? If you go into the supplier store and on Alibaba and see what they're selling, it's exactly. very easy to, to have that kind of going. So I love product collection. I love video ads. Sometimes I appear on my top seller, the one that really helped me quit my job. Uh, I'm on there like four times, you know, the cust I'm just, it's like, like realtors, right? So yeah. realtors paste their face all over the place and you just create <laughs> a trust. And then you're like, Oh, I don't know why, but I'm going to call this realtor. Cause you know, he's on every, or she's on every bus stand. And so <laughs> it's weird, but when I do that and I have saved my listing on my main keyword, I'm shown four times, they're only going to click one of them, right? Mm -hmm. The organic. And then the other ones are low cost. So I'm going to bet just being in their face will just kind of go, Oh, this looks really good. They don't even know it right? Subconscious. Yeah. Subconscious. There, there is a term for it. It's like when you want to buy a car, like my daughter wants to buy a Jeep and every time we're driving, she's like, Oh, there's another Jeep. There's another Jeep. There, there is a psychological <laughs> term for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, my, well, my, our old boss, he, um, was not interested in minivans at all whatsoever, but he bought a minivan, a white one specifically. I think it was white. As soon as he bought that minivan, all he saw on the road was white minivans. <laughs> Something along those lines. But yeah, I understand where you're coming from there. It's all about doing that. I think, you know, being niche focused and building a, a good brand presence, it all allows you to be able to just develop within the mindset of your, your target market. And then eventually they'll bite. Eventually they will. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've got some new stuff for like new moms that I'm thinking of launching. I'm kind of just, you know, uh, just kind of scooping out. It's been a while since I've had a baby. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> things have changed. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing to see how things have changed and how much opportunity. When people say, well, there's no opportunity. And I'm like, oh, you're looking in the wrong place because we're a consumer. 100%. Thank you for saying that. Right? Yeah. Like, are exactly. you kidding me? Like think of keto, right? Last 10 years, look how much keto's taken off. Yeah, exactly. And Gotta all the get in early. Yeah, and all the products were, you know, and then you need keto vegan option, right? That's combining two niches within one that it, it speaks to it. I, I used to work in Ontario for Rogers and back then in 2003, we were up for the Retail Council Award. 
And we lost to Chip Wilson, who's the founder of Lululemon. Lululemon. And I, yeah. And our team flew out to Vancouver and lost to this guy who was selling yoga wear. We were like, <laughs> yoga wear? <What> the- <laughs> right? Wow. Who wears, what, he, spell- he sells special pants for yoga people? Like, what is that? And look, obviously. Look at them now, yeah. R- Roger's then, videos and- is gone. And, you know, Chip Wilson's like <laughs> a billionaire, right? I used to work for their video division. And I'm like, wow, he found a niche, right? Yeah. This was a problem people had, women had. They wanted specifically. And he went after it. And it works, right? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the power of niche and like not like going niche is like the the benefits of it is that you can really target that customer. And if you ever go off of Amazon, it becomes easier to market to them, becomes easier to communicate value to them. I always talk about like your general store versus your niche store In a general store. If you were taking off of Amazon for each product that you have, considering that they could all be in different niches, you now have to have a different uh, like landing page or a different ad that speaks to a different customer. And it's going to make your job a hundred times harder. If you have an email list that you're trying to communicate value to your customers, you now have to have segments in your email list. Like, okay, this is the people that purchase this product. This is the people that purchase this product. It becomes so hard. And that's why like building out a niche and like knowing your buying personas, like one of ours is Betty, the cleaner. <laughs> but getting creative and having fun with it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how you really grow a brand. And, um, and that's where it's not just about selling on, on Amazon. It's about like, who are you actually selling to? And mm-hmm. that's where things get a lot more fun. I think that's yeah. what you do a really good job at Mandeep. You really put the hats of who you're essentially trying to target. So you put the hat of Jeff Bezos, you put the hat of your customer in your target market. You put the hat on of what Amazon's algorithm is going to do. If I do this move, I think that's super, super important because at the end of the day, like if you're thinking strategically and methodically like that, you can make very, very validated assumptions at the end of the day and your your strategies will always be a lot more effective. Yeah. And I would rather do that than do like, you know, find a product that has three stars or whatever. Like I would rather be in charge of that creative process because allowing that then so many times as Amazon sellers, we think like Amazon sellers. Like that's yeah. the worst thing to do, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, how come nobody's buying my product? It's because you're thinking like a seller, like where are your reviews? You know, what are your keywords? And, and the one thing I'm learning this year has definitely been the most, um, it's, it's a roller coaster, right? I think, I think entrepreneurship is, it has the most amount of challenges, but it's going to be also the most rewarding because every frustration that I know, I just have to make it work right? Mm -hmm. I just, this is, this is the game. It's like when you have kids, right. And you're trying to potty train them. They're not listening. You're like, (laughs) I got to make this work. I'm not going to abandon my kid because they don't know how to, you know, use the bathroom. (laughs) I got to figure this shit out. Right. I'm going to look at books. I'm going to look at it from a psycho, you know, psychology perspective. I'm going to try this. I'm going to ask my friends, blah, blah, blah. You eventually have that goal. And I think people have oversimplified how easy it is to sell on products. It's like, no, I actually have a business. I run a business. When yeah, businesses so. comes challenges, but you have to continue to move forward and trust the process because yeah. like you said, the traffic we get on Amazon, you're not going to get that anywhere, anywhere else. else. No, no, no. Maybe Just... Facebook marketplace, but <laughs> that's actually another um, area I find products, Facebook marketplace. Really? 
Interesting. So interesting. We definitely yeah. don't do that enough. We actually, we, yeah, we do rely on Pinterest a lot for some inspiration, especially when it even comes from to design work. You know, mm-hmm. understanding our target market and just searching up our target market and our specific product, we're able to really hone in and really be strategic in, in regards to our copywriting, but also the the, the copywriting that goes onto our specific graphics um, and our EBC as well. Super, super important to do. I think it all comes down to being strategic um, and making sure that everything is aligned rather than just shooting and spraying and hoping for something to stick. Take that front end approach, do things correctly, put yourself into your customer's shoes and it will always yield better results at the end of the day. It, it sure will. You just got to <laughs> push through and, and, and get through these times. But um, yeah, it, it yeah. does. E-commerce will change your life. Like, 100%. 100%. You can do things. You have, you'll have so much freedom. And like I've had, we've had so many students that I've seen so many people in, in the Amazon space that have been knocked down and never got back up because they thought and went into the mindset of like, oh man, like I'm going to make a crap ton of money, but it's, it's not all rainbows and sunshines. <laughs> yeah. But it's, the, it's the people that can get over that ego and get to the next step and, and push and continuously launch products. Because again, like trusting the process, consistently doing the actions that it takes to be successful um, is all that you need in entrepreneurship to be successful because eventually something will stick. A business ideal will grow something will just explode and, and you need to be around for that. And if you don't stick around for it, then shame on you, but it's not me. <laughs> well, like I had a seasonal product and I, I think I posted about it. I flipped out. Somebody bought every unit I had in stock and I was only showing five available. I, my mistake, I didn't put max order quantity and I thought it was a competitor and I'm like, Oh my God, what did I do? Blah, blah, blah. And then um, I, I searched I, after all the orders were processed, I then saw the customer's name. Um, and then they had a, an abbreviation uh, at the end of it, like they're, they worked at a university. So I went on Google and I found out who they were and I found out their LinkedIn profile. And I said to my husband, I'm like, this doesn't look like a competitor. This looked like somebody who's probably buying my product and reselling it on Facebook marketplace, but whatever. You know, like to, I made like three or four thousand dollars that day. Like, holy crap! We had one of those too on our Shopify store. There's this company called Aldi, A L D I. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I've heard of? I don't. I can't remember what they do, but I've heard of them. It was so weird. We had like the the most sketchiest thing happen on our Shopify store as well, where we had like they didn't even look on Amazon because our Shopify store we. We sell for like $2 more and we charge shipping. But what happened was, yeah, so like crazy, they ordered 85 units of our main SKU, 95 units for main SKU. And I was like, this can't be right. Like I asked my friends, I'm like, do you think this is a scam? Do you think this is a scam? I looked up what Aldi was. Aldi's like a, the address was to their fulfillment center. And um, the good thing about Shopify is I was able to actually email them and they're like, no, 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 like this is legit. Um, I'm actually sending it to one of our FCs or one of our fulfillment centers. I'm like, okay, are you guys like repurposing yada, yada, yada. And she's like, yeah, we're going to be selling this and seeing if it's a product that we are going to be bringing into the store or something like that. Um, so I'm like, you know, uh, it could be another opportunity for like a business opportunity. I haven't heard from them since, but, uh, it was a nice $3,000 day. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like, are they a grocery store? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're like, like a Trader store. Yeah. There we yeah. go. That's a better description. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of them. 
Yeah. Cool. And deep. Well, this is, this has been awesome. I mean, this is uh, again, more of a natural conversation, but I really love the approach that you're doing. I think it goes a really, really long way just with how you approach and go through the whole process yourself. Um, and how you discover and move from niche to niche. It's just super cool. I've never heard anything like it. And I think it goes a really long way in how different that approach is opposed to what everybody else teaches in the Amazon space, like orders two and a half months worth of inventory, find one that's selling all that kind of stuff. So uh, I haven't done, you know, we've done testing of products, but I really like the, the repurposing from niche to niche. I think that goes a really long way. I might even uh, start dabbling into that myself. I think uh, that's that like, going to. Yeah. That's like one of the easiest things to do. I think, you know, and I, and I, I mentioned this in my YouTube video is just start with you yourself. What are the products you use, right? You know, mm -hmm. yourself best product differentiation is how you're going to win. And it, like I said, a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean you design your own products? I don't design this water bottle. I just repurpose it right? Mm -hmm. For my niche. And so if you can do that and spend your time on research, everything else will fall into place. Everything will fall into place. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. I agree. Cool. Well, to, to cap things off here, again, we, we very much so target uh, younger people, people that are, that, you know, that have the ambition, um, but just don't necessarily know where to start. So what is some advice that you give to people that are, you know, kind of on the edge that either want to get into the e-commerce, Amazon market, or just in business as a whole? What are some, what's some advice that you could give to them? Okay. So one cash is queen or king. Um, <laughs> like, let's be real. If you don't have money, you're not, this isn't your game, right? So either you do some side hustles, I don't, you know, make some money somehow, you know, buy and sell stuff off Facebook marketplace, do what you have, pick up extra shifts, um, have that cash in hand. Cause it's going to come in handy, right? You always have to have the end in mind. And if you're going to be like, okay, I, I, I had stopped going to the gym during Amazon, you know, starting Amazon. Now I'm like, you know, I want to get back in shape and I feel good. I had that end in mind every night when I go to bed, I'm like, okay, I'm going to the gym. It's like, no, I have that end goal in mind of how I'm going to feel and look. So have that end in mind, have cash and, um, the e business is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. There is safety and security in having a full-time job. Um, I know there's a big push for like hustle culture and like, okay, yeah, yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five job uh, to provide stability because you need that stability because I feel like in business, like we've learned, you know, think of if you owned a restaurant this year, how hard oh, it's man. been, right? So mm -hmm. start with that, use that money and your extra time to really learn about business and marketing. And you know what? just go for it. Like what's, I always say when I launch a product, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst case scenario, right? Because um, yeah, when you have fear, you should actually pinpoint exactly what the fear is about, right? So the fear is, you know, this product's not going to do well. Okay. So what does that look like financially? Okay. I might be out $3,000 for example. Okay. Am I still going to survive? You know, am I still going to provide for my kids? Am I still going to, you know, do this? So if I write it down and go, okay, that's the worst case scenario. Well, what's the best case scenario? I end up with, you know, a good product. Okay. I'm okay with the worst case scenario. So that for me eliminates a lot of that fear, 
right? And mm -hmm. I, it's funny, I talked about a story yesterday where I have a product that's going to be like $20 and I have to order 500 units. I'm like, 10,000 US dollars is all I can be like, that's, you know, over. And obviously <laughs> some people who watch this will be like, oh, that's like, you know, nothing for me, you know, bigger sellers, but I'm still a small seller. That's a lot of money for me. Mm -hmm. And to be like, okay, I'm okay with that. Um, and just go for it. You know, it, it has the e-commerce is the way to go. Um, anything, you know, making money on the internet is the way to go. We're so connected. And if anything, this pandemic has highlighted that, you know, for us. Um, 100%. Yeah, I, whatever you put into it, you will get out. Um, I talk to a lot, I have a, 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 quite a few girls who follow me and, uh, or young women, I should say. And, you know, they're always like, I'm so scared. I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? Whatever. So what you're out a couple of grand and you tried out a shitty product, whatever you still have a <laughs> job, you still have a roof over your head. It's okay. You know, um, I, I was in a bad car accident about four years ago and I almost died actually, but uh -huh. So that puts things into perspective, right? Like, okay, it's not, it's not that bad. You know, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, everything's figure outable, right? Yeah. So if you have that mindset and if you go, okay, yeah, is it easy? No, it is not. But running any business is not easy. Neither is working a full-time job easy. You know, 100%. I literally spoke, spoke to my last coworker and she's still griping about our boss, right? <laughs> um, and I'm like, that's not easy either. But if you have the end in mind and if you push forward and do it when it's hard, it's easy to do stuff when it's easy, right? It's easy yeah. to be married for 18 years when it's like, oh yeah, we're in love. But when stuff's hitting the fan, that's when you're, you're really you know, digging deep. Those are the moments that are gonna count. And if you can just pivot and keep going and keep growing, you will succeed at this business and it will change your life. It will change the trajectory of your life. That's all. 100%. I know that's like oh, yeah. five paragraphs, but <laughs> no, I love that. I Pers love that. Perseverance. Absolutely. And uh, we, we talked about your approach. I think there's little, much littler risk to take your approach to test a small product like that. So if you want to dabble into this space, we're, we're also very firm believers of trying to test the concept, prove it to yourself first, and then start going more. But I think what it does come down to once you do decide to dive in, it does come down to cash. So capital is massive. So I resonate with everything that you just said. Absolutely. Yeah. And don't let others define, you know, your success, you know, hundred percent. I'm not a seven figure seller you know, right now I'm not there. That's okay. But I'm building these blocks to get there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So awesome. Yeah. Well, Mandeep, awesome, I Andy. appreciate the time. It's been a, it's been a long time coming. We've been really inspired by a lot of the stuff that you share on your, your Instagram page. So I appreciate you coming on. Um, this will go live in a couple of weeks and then uh, yeah, we'll send over the content and you can, you can repurpose it however you like. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much, guys. I seeing other young Canadians get into this game. <laughs> you guys are so active also on social media. Um, that's amazing. And, you know, whatever coaching program you're helping people with, it's really going to inspire the next generation, I think, of e-commerce sellers. So I'm excited to see more of your journey also as this continues on. Absolutely. I Thanks appreciate that.